They're just more more trouble than they're worth. Farmers and ranchers hate beavers. Beavers block streams so fish can't move around. Beavers raise temperatures. Beavers are varmints. Beavers block streams. They're those evil nuisance beavers. The dams, when they break, create all this sediment. What's the definition of a varmint? Beavers. 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 The beavers. 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 So what's all this talk about beavers? Why does this stinky rodent matter? How come this nothing but trouble animal keeps coming up in the new wave of environmental work? Find out now in this episode. Beavers. Beavers are busy, busy like me and you. Busy beavers. I'm a busy beaver. Are you a busy beaver too? And what is a varmint? Basically means it's an animal that can cause you harm or it's something that's going to cause harm to your property or your livestock. Beavers are $20 bills. They, they have been for 250 years. A beaver pelt is $20. And so, in almost all western states, young men for decades and decades and decades have gone out and picked up those $20 bills. Due to their valuable pelts, the beaver population has been on a steady decline for the past several hundred years. The western watershed has suffered. The impact of removing beavers was the equivalent of the Dust Bowl to the water side of our, of our region. And um, you talked about water quality, but there's such an impact on the, the capacity of our headwaters to hold water. In this changing world, water reserves are being stretched thin. Water is a major way in which the West is already experiencing the impacts of climate change. Hydrology patterns are changing and there's not as much snow held late in the season. That's, that's our natural reservoirs, the snowpack. This is Sarah Bates, the regional director for the Missoula branch of the National Wildlife Federation and an expert on Western water. She found herself at the foot of a giant problem with an unlikely solution. What can we do as the National Wildlife Federation? The obvious answer was beaver restoration. Obvious answer? Maybe not obvious to everyone. Author Ben Goldfarb has an example. In, in um, Wisconsin, for example, where they're, they're concerned about beaver impacts on brook trout habitat, uh, the, the, the Wildlife Services in Wisconsin kills um, about 2,000 beavers a year and blows up 2,000 beaver dams um, to, to open up habitat for, for brook trout. So how can you explain these differing sentiments directed towards beavers? In a world with fewer reservoirs and less snowpack, the flooding tendency of beavers is incredibly helpful. Beavers are programmed to respond to the sound of running water, working to dam until the water doesn't flow anymore. Their need to flood is both why they have water improvement potential and why farmers, ranchers, and road crews hate them. There is this growing movement to get beavers back on the land. While this attitude towards beavers is spreading, Sarah still preaches the importance of focusing on the history and story of beavers. We cannot do our work without being better storytellers. In the Metau Valley, author Ben Goldfarb sat in a green lawn chair and was the perfect example of a beaver storyteller. Ben's most recent project is a book called Eager that does exactly what Sarah has called for. 
Reiterating the excitement of Beavers coming back into fashion, his face lights up as he recalls all of the characters of his book, The New Generation of Beaver Advocates. You know, there's this, there's this growing beaver restoration community um, who call themselves beaver believers. There's, you know, there's a guy in California, Brock Dolman, you know, who goes around dressed in this full body beaver costume doing like spoken word raps at festivals, um, you know, just sweating his balls off in, in this giant furry thing in, in like the California summer. You know, there's Paul and Louise Ramsey, these, this, this couple in Scotland um, who uh, basically illegally reintroduced Eurasian beavers to Scotland and Paul was actually arrested um, for, for, you know, for um, letting his beavers escape basically from their property. I'm a busy, busy, busy beaver. I'm a busy beaver, yes, it's true. Busy beavers, we are busy beavers. Are you a busy beaver too? Among these beaver believers is a man named Kent Woodruff. A man Ben described in his book as having worked with beavers for so long that he has begun to resemble the critters. Kent saw the opportunity in beavers. You know what? I've got one of the best water quality improvement projects that it could be possible. Let's find a way to deal with the nuisance beavers that people call the Department of Fish and Wildlife. And instead of what the department was doing, was trap them with a live trap, put them in the back of a pickup and drive them up someplace and throw them out. There are places we know that can be really improved if we take some of those beavers and and put them out on a, on a more focused basis. This is the backbone to the Metau Beaver Project, a legacy project of Kent's that serves as an important example of the opportunity present in beavers, to be used as a tool for restoration instead of treated as they have been historically, a pest. One simple piece of legislation gave beavers the fighting chance they needed to get back onto the landscape. In 2000, the, the, the state of Washington passed legislation that said, let's ban body gripping traps. That, that law in 2000 changed the landscape for us to be able to put beavers out on the landscape and they didn't automatically disappear. We then began to figure out where the best places were to put them and, and then a monitoring protocol to follow up and say, did it work? Those are a couple of things that had not been done before. Even with all the data, the Metau Beaver Project is nothing without public support. One of the things that we did was we recognized the value of propaganda. And we propagandized like crazy. Two of the gals that, that worked for me early on, every time we, they would catch a beaver and take it to, to our holding facility, They'd always stop at the gas station and say, hey, come on outside, we've got something cool to show you. And it was amazing how valuable that is, convincing some of those crusty old folks to come out and look in the back of the pickup. These guys with Carhartts and suspenders, they'd say, oh, that's pretty cool. And we gained, we gained public support. A world where even old crusty guys appreciate beavers seems like a pretty good place to be. Maybe in this world, humans will re-evaluate how they feel about varmints and nuisances, and of course, beavers. 
Perhaps the future of restoration is trusting the efficiency of the natural world and sometimes stepping back to let it be. This is Eliza Van Wetter, and you've been listening to National Public Lands Radio.